veteran missionaries to Japan and also overseeing the work in Vietnam. And uh, there are some great things. He'll show you, I believe, probably a little, uh, share with you a little bit of what's going on. But I feel that this, and, and, and of course, I've always told the missionaries, I want you to share with us your burden, but I want to hear from these missionaries. But I believe right now God wants to speak to this congregation. And I believe that we need to be ready to receive what's about to come forth over this pulpit. God does nothing by accident. And even though we plan our schedules and we plan missionaries and all that way in advance, it's just something about how God works. Since he knows our tomorrows, when we plan a speaker to come, God says, well, that's the speaker for that day. And God knows, Brother Don, I want you to come and I want you to take your liberty in this pulpit. Could we welcome him and could we welcome the presence of God in Jesus? Why don't we uh, clap our hands unto the Lord tonight? The Spirit of the Lord is here. And it's so important we do not take or treat what we have felt as something common. So important. And it's not a song and a dance we need. This world needs a manifestation of God's presence, God's power, and the anointing we feel in this house. Amen. If we're not careful, we'll just go through the motion, dead man religion, and miss what the Holy Ghost is wanting to do. Because faith still cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of the Lord. It's the anointing of the Lord and the, the, the worship team did an amazing job just leading us into his presence. Please don't take that for granted. Amen. I don't feel this in every church I go to. Amen. And so if it's not too much trouble, would you open your heart one more time? Would you lift your hands? Would you just love Jesus? Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I honor you. Your presence is heaven. I thank you, God, for your goodness and your mercy. I thank you for walking in right now in our midst and touching our hearts, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for opening the floodgates of heaven and letting heaven invade this house, the lighthouse, the place of refuge. I thank you, Lord that you're not outside knocking on the door trying to get into your house. Uh, uh, Jesus, my, my, my. Uh, why don't you just continue to entertain the Lord tonight? Uh, whatever you have need is, your Jesus is the answer, friend. The world don't have the answer. The government don't have the answer. Jesus Christ has the answer. And when he walks into the room like this, please don't ignore him. Uh, my, my. Uh, God. It's still the anointing of the Lord that
that destroys the yoke. Amen. Don't confuse inspiration with anointing. Many sources of inspiration, but there's only one anointing, and it comes from his throne room. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. Thank you, Lighthouse. Amen. A beautiful church. Amen. Our elder, Brother Buford. Amen. And others. We are really in this together. Amen. And if we will just humble ourselves and pray. Our president have called this day to a place of humility, a place of repentance and of prayer. Amen. If God's people would just understand, it's not what we can do. It's what the Holy Ghost wants to do when we submit our lives. Amen. It's what God wants to do in this hour when his people cry out and turn from our ways. Our ways are wicked. It's wicked. When we lean on the arms of flesh and not on, and not on the arm of God and we think we can move this and have end time harvest and revival without a genuine move of the Holy Ghost, that's wicked. Now, if you're satisfied, just keep doing what you're doing. Or God's trying to lead us to a deeper place. That folks can come in here with fear and panic. And yes, even with that virus and in his presence, all that is just gone. The power of the Holy Ghost not just heals our body of pain, but it takes care of all that. We refuse to walk in fear and confusion. And faith comes by hearing, amen. It's not just hearing some preach word. When we're worshiping with the choir and the team and God is speaking to our spirit, don't ignore that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. And this is a good church. You're good people. Amen. But we need a baptism of sincerity. Quit faking it. Quit performing. Just be honest. God, I really do need you. We really do need him. Amen. If we'll just be honest, amen, and humble ourselves. It's not how big we can get, folks. It's if we could just get small enough that his glory and his anointing will rest upon us. It's not by our power or might. It's not by enticing words of man's wisdom. We need a demonstration. The world needs a demonstration of God's spirit and power. Not another little sermon. We need a holy visitation, and that comes on our knees in prayer, in brokenness and surrender, in total abandonment. Jesus, I give you everything, everything. This may be the last service. We're living in the end times. We act like we got all the time in the world. Amen. Mm. The Lord's speaking today.
He spoke this morning, and he's speaking. He's going to show his glory and power if you'll open your heart and listen. Amen. I owe a debt tonight to the Lord Jesus Christ, and he paid it all. He paid all. I owe a debt to the United Pentecostal Church for over 28 years. People have faithfully given. I don't remember if I've even been through here before. I'm getting old. Amen. But there are people that have faithfully given. Thank you. Amen. I'm going to share it in our video, but we really are in, in this together. This, I really believe, will be the last time I'll come through. I'm going to go back and pour it out. It's been seven years since the last deputation. I don't believe we've got another four years, another seven years. No man knows the time or the hour, but everything is telling us, surely Jesus Christ is coming back. So if you're going to ever do something for Jesus, do it now. Do it now. Give your life. Give your heart. Give your all. Amen. I was talking to a missionary that literally prayed me into the work there in Vietnam. I said, how are you doing, my brother? And he said, I'm broken. I said, are you getting to church? He said, no, my body is so messed up. I can't even make it. If we do our job right as a missionary, we will be out of a job. I said, I poured it out. I have nothing left. I said, if you've got nothing left, my friend, you still have Jesus. Jesus remembers our labor of love. And thank you for a church that allows missionaries to come. I don't feel this liberty in every place I go. Thank you for taking care of the missionary kids and loving missionary kids. Amen. God sees that, and he's not going to owe this church a penny. Amen. I said, God sees your faithfulness and your giving. Amen. And so I told my brother, I don't have anything, but I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. Amen. And we prayed over the phone. Amen. He just wants to make it to the house of God. Amen. Even with his broken body, he gave it all. We only have one life, folks, and it's going to pass sooner than you think. Quit playing around. Give it all to Jesus. I know you've been standing already, but I'd like to pray right now for this church. If you've got pain in your body, if you're battling with a situation, I don't know anything about this church. I, I know I've met the elder before. I've just met pastor just recently. But here's what we're going to do. If you'll take your hands and put it over that place, whatever situation, and it's not always physical. It's easy to deal with the physical. But when our heart's broken, when our mind has been messed up or beaten down with accusation and lies of the enemy, God wants to break that off of you if you want that. Nobody's even going to pray for you. Nobody's even going to lay hands. The Spirit of the Lord is here already. But you take your hand and in the authority of the Word of God and the name of Jesus, don't pray for it. Speak to it. If you've got a headache, if you've got a heartache, if your life is in a struggle and turmoil, well, speak to it right now. Hear my prayer, O oh God. Attend unto our cry tonight. And by the authority of the word of God and by the power of the name of Jesus, I speak to you, pain. I speak to you, spirit of infirmity, spirit of cancer, spirit of diabetes.
I take dominion authority. I command you to go right now. Be gone and leave these folks alone. I cast you out. Every spirit of depression, every spirit of shame, we bind you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and command you to leave. And I loosen the Holy Ghost. I loosen healing. I loosen your word today, not by power or might, but by your precious spirit. In the name of Jesus, be healed, be delivered in Jesus' name. The devil's a liar. Fear's a liar. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have authority over every sickness and disease, but like with medicine, we just don't practice you got to practice. I said, you got to practice. I remember praying for a person. Everybody I pray for get healed. That doesn't stop me from preaching the truth. Get your off off of people worship. There's no superheroes. Just believers that believe the word. And I remember praying for a man within the last month. He had back pain. He twisted it at his workplace. We prayed for him. Nothing happened. So we quit. No. We pray again. God touched him. This time it was 40%. For kids in school, you ain't going to pass a test of 40%. Amen. We go back and pray again. And this time, amen, God healed him 100%. And he said, what about my mama? I said, what about your mama? She's got cataract. I said, well, didn't you get something from Jesus? Did you pay for it? He said, no. Then why don't you use what God gave you? He went over there and laid his hands on his mama and prayed in Jesus' name, and the cataract started clearing up. It was not 100%. He prayed again in Jesus' name, not as a preacher or missionary, but as a believer that has received something from the Lord, and God used him to heal his mama of cataracts. You've got the power. You've got the Holy Ghost, but you don't understand you got to exercise your faith. Amen. If God has touched you tonight, would you please go and brag on Jesus and tell five people and tell them, come to the lighthouse where miracles happen. Jesus is here. You can get some of this. Amen. Don't brag on the preacher. Brag on Jesus. Bring them out to the house of the Lord or you just lay hands on them right there where they're at and heal them. Don't complicate it, folks. Just use what you got. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're going to get it tonight. And if you got the Holy Ghost, please make sure the Holy Ghost gets you. And then use it. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Please be seated. I'm going to ask the, the media team. Amen. So if you'll allow me, I'll just go ahead and be myself. There's a statement in Japanese, Anise mono wa That means fakes or cheap imitations we hate. Absolutely. Japanese can't stand fakes. So why don't we just be our real self? 
broken and messed up. Amen. God has great pleasure using nobodies to proclaim the only somebody, and that's Jesus Christ. Your pedigree, it don't matter to a lost world. They want to know, do you, can you get me to Jesus? Can you share Jesus? If you can do that and point him to Jesus and get him into the house of God, God will show his power and his glory, and you'll feel that next building you're all going to move into. Amen. 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 If you believe that, amen. You're not waiting for some evangelists or some missionaries. Every one of you have a mission, and it's to get out of these four walls and get out into the harvest field. Amen. So if you will help me, the media, we're going to try to squeeze six minutes, 28 years in six minutes, so God help us. every hundred dollar, one dollar to reach the two-third percent of the people that have, most of them have, n have never heard. And yet every redneck town in Missouri has a Chinese restaurant. And you all know where all the Japanese, so they're invading us. But yet we can eat their food and, you know, it's all Chinese, right? And so the reality is somebody's got to cross the barrier and say, you know what, it's more than eating wonton and sushi. I'm going to have to go beyond that and make a, a friendship and build relationship if we're going to impact these people. And so I, I want to get right into the word of the Lord, if that's all right. Uh, I am back. I'm finished already uh, with deputation. What I want you to know, uh, they scheduled me nine months, went down to six months, they proved three months. With I'm Global, it's 6.3 months. Seven years ago, we had missionaries traveling 12, 24, and 36 months. And Missouri District just finished us off at this camp meeting. Thank you, Brother Buford. Missouri District, Brother Parkey, I'm going to write a letter. I needed 10 partners. They said, oh, we're going to do it in the evening where, where the atmosphere and all the people be right there. And we'll get, we'll, we'll get it taken care of, Brother Don. Appreciate Brother Parkey's uh, vision. But God said, no, we're going to do it in the afternoon. It's incredible, our plans. And they're good. Our intentions are good. But we got to move when the Holy Ghost says move. When God speaks and you obey the Lord, things happen. Amen. And so God is going to speak, and he has already spoken. And I'm recruiting everybody, men, women, children, we'll take your cat and your dog too. Amen. Hallelujah. Do they all make it? No. But when they get over there and get exposed, they come back and they pray. Amen. So it's not enough to eat the Chinese food, the Japanese food. Amen. Why don't we pray? And I believe, and forgive me for my partiality, that the greatest harvest has got to come to the two-thirds, the 1040 window, that part of the world that many of them have yet to hear. And I believe with all of my heart that God is going to give us a tsunami of the Holy Ghost and we are going to see billions enter into the kingdom of God. Amen. And what's going to shock you, it won't even be missionaries coming from North America. The Chinese have released 100,000 of house church missionaries to evangelize China all the way back to Jerusalem. Because they believe God has given a part of Asia for Asians.
and they believe, amen, that there's nothing that can be done to them that hasn't already been done in China. It's so much bigger. I can't even try to explain what God's wanting to do. But some of you have been praying for Japan or another part of Asia. Some of you wondering, God, can I do anything? Do I have a part? And I challenge people, start here. Be a disciple here. Get busy here. Because if you can't labor for the Lord here, you're never going to make it halfway around the world. And you need to know how to pray. It's incredible, Pastor, that you can be in church all your life and don't know how to pray and not have a consistent prayer life. The greatest thing you can do that will have the greatest impact in eternity is have a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ in prayer and to know his voice and have courage to obey him. Mm. And I'm, i got to hurry. God help me. Uh, I'm going to just share one scripture, Romans 8, 28. I gave the media team several scripture, and I'm going to just hurry tonight if that's all right because I believe God wants to do something at the end of the service. Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that are, to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. It's so important you know that everything that has happened to you and going to happen to you, God has a purpose. So you can fuss and whine and say, why? Oh, why me? Or you can say, Lord, I submit my life. I quit asking why a long time ago. I just asked, Lord, what would you have me to do? Where are you in this? If God's in it, amen. Just like I believe in this season of deputation, God's in it. I don't even have time to explain all the miracles from the day we landed to just even this week. When you're in God's will, in his plan, and he is ordering in your step, you can have great peace. Put your Bibles down with me tonight, and we're going to lift our voice one more time and ask the Lord to speak. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for the beautiful people of this church, God. Uh, we ask right now, uh, open our eyes of understanding. Open our ears that we may hear what the Holy Ghost is speaking to this church, uh, to the lighthouse here. Lord, I pray, uh, confirm the ministry of your word and your spirit with miracle signs and wonders. Uh, confirm apostolic calling. Uh, there's going to be apostles uh, and prophets and evangelists and pastors uh, and teachers and Yes, missionaries, uh, that you've been praying, God, uh, activate and confirm it uh, in the name of Jesus. Clap your hands uh, and shout unto the Lord and please be seated. Amen. I'm going to share some war stories if that's all right. Amen. Uh, the Lord uses people, sometimes people nobody would even Give him a second thought. Please don't limit God. If God can speak through a, a donkey, he can talk through people, individuals, and he'll even speak through children. We, we have scripture for that. Amen. But uh, I tell folks, I grew up in a foreign country, a place called Montana, and uh, 
<laughs> Just cowboys and Indians. Amen. But I, I feel to share a little bit of my life to help somebody here. Amen. Uh, but growing up in Montana, uh, like I said, it, it's not like we're here in St. Louis, but, you know, you, you wonder, can anything good come out of Montana? And yet the reality is it'll shock you, the missionaries who God uses. And there's no two that's even the same. The bottom line is they have a holy calling, and they must be obedient to that calling. I came across a book, and it's in the back in display, that shares a story about a woman named Duan Ti Huan An. And it talks about her being a prostitute, working on the street, trying to take care of seven kids. When she found out in 1975 that the communist was going to overrun the nation of Vietnam, and she had to get her children from the villages and the jungle of Vietnam, 275 miles, hitchhiking, walking, doing whatever she had to do to get to Saigon to get them out. Imagine walking from Kansas City to St. Louis. Not just taking a little stroll, but bombs and missiles and things are going off. Yeah. And so this woman traveled 33 days with these kids, uh, and she found out that there was an orphanage called the Friends of the Children of Vietnam. And that if she would turn them over, they would airlift these kids to the United States. President Ford at that time had an operation called Operation Baby Lift. They were moving and airlifting Amerasians, trying to get them out of the country. Because, see, prejudice is not just something in North America. It's everywhere. And if a child is mixed with different blood, especially the blood of your enemy, when the communist takes over, it's going to be real bad bad situation. So she turned all these kids over in April 26, 1975. The U.S. Military, military authorized a C-141, that's a cargo plane, and 184 children and 17 adults ha had to get in the back of that cargo plane without chairs, with boxes of, of just some of these babies. They were putting them in cardboard boxes. From the account of the book, there was actually even several crates of medicine and food and water. And they said, we don't have room for that. So the pilot kicked that off the plane, and they loaded that plane up and went down the runway, climbing at 45 degrees to avoid ground fire. And the entire cargo slid to the back of the plane. Babies were crying. Children were screaming. And babies started dying on that plane. The nurse yelled. This baby is going to arrive in Guam if you go there eight hours away full of dead babies. In fact, one of the babies turned blue and she took it up to the cockpit of the plane and said, Sir, you've got to divert this military plane to the Philippines, which was a three-hour flight. That was the last U.S. cargo flight to leave Vietnam because on April 27 of 1975, the city was surrounded and under fire from North Vietnamese rockets. It shut down the airport. Some of the older saints will remember. You didn't see planes leaving. What you saw were helicopters. Why? They couldn't use the runway. The choppers were coming into the, the U.S. Embassy and were airlifting our military men and women and even some of the nationals out in 1975, uh, April 27. The communists broke in and the country fell. If you go to Vietnam today, you would go to the presidential palace and you would see the original tanks that rolled down the middle of that city 
where the nation fell. That was the last flight out. This woman got on a boat, a fishing boat, where there were over 60,000 refugees rescued from rafts because they heard if we can get out to the open waters, the U.S. Navy would rescue the people and would take them to the Philippines. This woman, Don Tihon An, traveled to Singapore and to the Philippines and eventually came to Pendleton and she began to search for those kids. That woman is my mama. Amen. I didn't even know those stories because my mama would never tell us this stuff. You know, when you go through bad experience, you just kind of keep that to yourself. It's all described in a chapter of that book. I said, wow, this is my mama's story. Details of it. She was sponsored by a Methodist church of all places in Montana. Like I said, there's no Asian people in Montana. Amen. So you, she went and was able to get four of us, six kids. One died, never made it out. Probably one of the kids. Uh, that child died on that plane. The other two were adopted, one in France and one in Iowa. Amen. But God used the Methodist church to adopt my mama and was able to get five of us six kids back. And in Montana, you don't go around telling them you're Asian. So all my buddies were Indians. It was easier to pass off as Indian so you don't get shot or scalped. Hallelujah. Amen. Because there ain't no Asian people. So mama taught us you're going to have to survive. Amen. Now some of you have never been through a war. Never even thought about a war. Some of you have never gone hungry before. I'm not talking about fasting. I'm talking about you would eat if you had food, but there's no food. And so we have become extremely soft. Those who've been through depression, those who've been through some struggles, Understand what it's like when you have nothing. And we have missionaries in other parts of the world where cats and dogs is on the menu. And I'm here to tell you, it don't taste like chicken. A lot of hot sauce. And toilet papers. I was preaching up in the village, four-hour drive up there. They brought out the best food. And I was looking, oh, man, that, that stuff's so good. I love Vietnamese food. But sometimes it don't love you, especially when it's made in an unclean environment. And then you find out. But this time, I brought toilet paper, Pastor. Last time, I didn't. They didn't have one. Then I brought toilet paper, but they had no toilet. Guys going to do what guys got to do. But ladies, in the jungle, you better bring an umbrella. Bring your own TP. Hallelujah. Amen. So I've learned to try to be a holy man of God. Oh, I'm, I'm fasting right now. I'm fasting. My, my granola bar is waiting back at the hotel. I'm fasting right now. Because when you're sitting on the ground and they kill that skinny chicken and try to feed 20 preachers, you say, oh, 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 I'm good, I'm good. I, I'm fasting right now. God, forgive me because when you got to run and you've never been in a situation where it's coming out both ends. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, I know we got ladies, we got young ladies here, forgive me. You see, we only tell you the good stuff because you can't handle the reality that they don't have regular bathrooms. And we've actually had missionary go into these bathrooms. A dear friend of mine out of this district, his wife walked into the bathroom. There were several inches of stuff floating. It got under her feet. Worms and parasite was eating her up and she was dying. Not everything is clean as it is in America. 
But by prayer, God healed that missionary wife. Amen. You, you don't know the prayers, the impact your prayers will have on people's life. I lost my second boy. I almost lost my wife. She coded and my second boy in the operating table on deputation. I had to go back in the middle of a typhoon and almost became a widow in 96. Amen. But I made one phone call. I didn't call my lawyer. I called the church. And when the church began to pray, God raised up my dear wife and spared my boy. And then I had to go back on deputation. And God gave me a miracle deputation, 30 partners in 30 days in one of our districts. God knows the path we take. So even as an orphan growing up in Montana, without God, without the word of God, we, we're not bad people, but we make bad choices. The will of God is not going to determine your future. The will of God is determined by the choices you make regarding what God has spoken to you. You don't even know how many people I've met that said, oh, God called me to mission. Why are you here? I'm called to Japan. How come you're still here? We need courage to obey what God tells us in the little things first. Because if we can be faithful and obedient in the little things, then when God tells us the big thing, we can say, yay, Lord. Amen. I grew up a mess, a rebel. In and out of trouble, drugs, alcohol. At 17, I said, nobody's going to tell me what to do. I'm going to join the Navy. I found out real quickly, somebody's always telling you what to do. Yes, sir. No, sir. Don't worry about your uniform. We'll take care of that. Don't worry about your hairdo. We'll take care of that too. <laughs> White, blue, and if you're an idiot and you keep getting in trouble, you get to wear another color, orange. So I figured I can be a loser and go home a loser or I'm going to study. I wanted to do something with my life. And so I began to read. Here's an interesting thought. I wanted to help people, especially children. So I began to read, and I realized some of these books didn't have pictures in it. What's wrong with these books? So I bought a book on speed reading. It didn't help, Pastor. But at the end of the book list, it had a list of 100 books every educated person should read. And would you believe it? The Bible was on the top of the list. I'm telling you here right now, people, young people, if you read no other book than this one book, that book has the power to forever change your life. I read that book from cover to cover, not as a Christian, but somebody who wanted to do something, want to know the truth. And when I finished, I concluded, if the Bible's true, I'm going to hell for sure. I mean, you did not have to tell me. Amen. If the Bible's real and this Jesus is real, I'm in trouble. Hey, sinners can hear from God. I said sinners can hear from God. Even if they don't have a Bible, the heavens will declare his glory. Amen. And so I said, my answer was run away. Get out of here. So I was going to, I joined the Navy. The Navy was going to ship me off. I did two years of schooling. And my focus was to get as much education. At 37, I was going to retire as a doctor. Start my own practice and collect money. I joined at 17. So the Navy was going to send me to Japan. And I found out my, my 
father was not dead, but he was alive. Mama told us, oh, oh yeah, your dad died during the war. We call it a white lie. A lie is a lie is a lie. And you lie, you fry. There is no white lie. And you cannot build your life on a faulty, a lying foundation. The truth will set you free, will make you free. So I went to New Zealand to visit my father. And my father, I found out, was a doctor, a surgeon, met my mama in the war. And then I have two half-brothers and two half-sisters that have blonde hair and blue eyes. Life got a little bit more complicated. And I thought my problem, because I lived on the wrong side of the track, and here was my father and my half-brothers and sisters living in a beautiful mansion with swimming pool and all the luxuries of life. And I realized in 30 days that money is not the answer because the rich is just as messed up as the poor. Education in itself is not the answer because they were educated, but they were just as confused. I didn't know the answer, but I cried out, if there's a God, can you help me? Amen. I got on that plane and flew to Okinawa, and I was so hungry for God. Amen. I invited myself to church. Now, Asian people don't do that, but I saw an apostolic working at the same hospital, and he was not ashamed to talk about Jesus. And I finally said, what church do you go to? He said, I go to the first UPC. I said, the UP what? I said, is it a Christian church? He said, it is. I said, I'm going to church with you. And he said, wait, uh, I need to warn you, David. Did anybody get warned before you came to the lighthouse? I ought to give you a warning then. Uh, we praise the Lord. We shout. I said, well, oh, oh. we dance. I said, you do what you want. Just don't touch me or I'll kill you. you know, I felt I had to give him a warning too. See, Asian people aren't, aren't hugging and kissing. We, we you know, just don't touch us. So I got to that church, Pastor, and I looked around and said, this ain't a church. Where's Mary? Where's Joseph? And where's Buddha? Because Mama was Buddhist sometimes and Catholic sometimes. And I tell folks, I was confused all the time. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I looked around, and I knew there's something wrong with the church because everybody was smiling. Folks don't smile on Sunday mornings. And when they get smiling, I start checking my wallet. And, you know, because you come from the world. You don't trust nobody. I was going to sit in that cheap seat in the back, but oh no. Well, they put me up front and right in the middle, and I knew something was up. You know how you feel like you're, you're fixing to get ambushed, like something's wrong here, this is, this is set up? You know, I, I was thinking to myself, a lot of thoughts. I didn't survive the jungle of Vietnam huh, or scalping in Montana, end up in a wacko church in Japan. And then they started praising the Lord. I'm, I'm watching the show. I'm, I'm like, hey, you can't do that in a Catholic church. There's a lot of stuff you can't do in a Catholic church. And then I said, you can't do that in the military because normal people don't run and shout and, and, and did what they did. You're not supposed to be on drugs. I'll tell you right now, it's so funny that unbelievers actually think they know more about what their church should behave when they don't even go to church. So when they come to church, don't tone it down. Now, don't even try to appeal to them because the mind can't get it. It'll melt when it tries to figure out. The natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit. It's foolishness. It's 
crazy, but the Holy Spirit, when it touches their heart, they realize, whoa, there's something in here I did not feel on drugs or alcohol. There is something moving in this place. We must have a move of God. Amen. And with the move of God, we must also have the word of God. Let there be. And when that missionary preached that morning, I was squirming. I was like, my goodness, where's the bathroom? I got to find an exit. So even as a sinner, I knew God was speaking to me. He knew my dead end street, my address, the life I lived. And yet he was speaking to me that morning. And see, when I heard the voice of the Lord, I knew that preacher didn't know me. I knew God was speaking to me that morning and they had everybody stand up to give the altar call and the devil showed up in church too. Now don't look around. <laughs> oh yeah, if you let him, he'll talk to you. Well, what did he say, preacher? He said, hey, stupid, sit down because you'll make a fool of yourself if you come down to that altar and the devil's voice will sound just like your voice. You know how you sing by yourself and you sing out loud, but you never hear yourself or you're singing in the shower. That voice, it sounds different. If you ever record and hear yourself singing back, say, whoa, that, that's me. The enemy will use our voice and speak lies to our mind and it produces fear and shame and condemnation. How do you know? Because it causes paralysis. <laughs> I'm not going to front that church. No way. See, the devil is a liar. And he'll bring up your past to beat you up. And if you listen to that, amen, you'll just stay right there. You won't move forward. But I thank God in an apostolic church uh, where the Holy Ghost is present, God will speak to you. What did he say, preacher? He said, son, don't you know the plan I have for your life? Don't you know I have loved you with an everlasting love? And when the voice of God comes, it brings peace to your heart. And I said, excuse me, sir. Excuse me, ma'am. I came down to the altar. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know what to say. I was just hungry. I was just desperate. And I thought, man, I got to get out of here. Nobody's at the altar. They all left. I don't know if you've ever been in this place where everybody's looking at you. I said, I got to get out of here. Too late. God sent a preacher. And it wasn't just a normal preacher. It was a drill sergeant in the Marine Corps. And I don't know if you've ever been clawed before in church. If you ever had the clawed applied to your head and they pray for you. I said, don't touch me and I told you I'm gonna kill you. All I knew is my hand was up in the air and he's praying in my ear and I'm thinking, I can't even concentrate. Would you shut up? I'm trying to focus on Jesus. I mean, I don't know if you've ever prayed and people spit in your ears. Please don't do that with Asian folks. So that morning, First day in church, nobody taught me a Bible study. Out of desperation and hunger, God filled me with the Holy Ghost my first day in church. Amen. And they took me out to the ocean and baptized me in the name of Jesus. How do you know you got the Holy Ghost? I didn't just talk in tongues. The places I used to go to, I didn't want to go there no more. And the trash that came out of my mouth as a sailor, I don't want to talk that trash no more. God gave me a new heart, a new mind, and a new purpose. Uh, and I said, I live like the devil in the world. I'm going to live for Jesus with everything I got. I got a hold of a Bible, and I began to tell everybody about Jesus. I couldn't even teach the Bible. I said, just come to church. I just told my testimony. All I knew is I was blind, 
I see now. I was lost and I was found. And I found it in an apostolic one God Jesus name church down at an altar where God met with me. But if, they, if I can get them to the house of God, mm, it's real. It's real. But sometimes we have forgotten where God has brought us from. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, I, I didn't even like people. Folks bug me. If I hang around with you long enough, you'll probably bug me. <laughs> and if you're honest, you bug each other. It, it's, you really should need honesty in the church. It's better to be honest and say, Lord, help me. I'm struggling. Help me to love my brother and love my sister. Because we're so different. We have so type uh, our background, our situation. Only Jesus can put us together and make us one. Never make an eye decision that affects us. Amen. So I said, Lord, I don't know about those people. I love you, but the church is weird. <laughs> and the Lord said, I love my body. Quit criticizing it. And why don't you pray for them? Amen. I was ignorant. I didn't know. Amen. But God called me to prayer. I was addicted. I threw away all my music, all my junk. I, I, was, I just liked to be alone. I didn't want to be around people. I thought the dream job is in the Navy, get stuck somewhere in Antarctica in some igloo and get paid two or three times reading books all day long and hanging out with penguins. I thought that's my dream job. My dream job, my, my, my high school teacher would give me keys and I'd go to, to the school, to the art room, and I would paint and stuff. I'd have so much junk on the inside, I had to get it out and put it on canvases. But the more I spent with Jesus, the more Jesus told me, I love everybody. And if you have the heart of Jesus, you'll love them too. I said, God, help me. Help me to love people that I don't even want to be around. So I started teaching home Bible studies. Amen. We started having church every day of the week uh, on one of those military bases. And we started bringing people to church as a group. People are getting the Holy Ghost every week. People are getting baptized. We had a big sign, revivals happening around here. In fact, we had such a move of God in that military church that when we went to the base and, and ate, we wouldn't even sit next to apostolics. <laughs> yeah. Our strategy is sit on the next table, the next table, because when they come, we'd start witnessing to them. And they'd get so mad. They'd get up and move to the next table. <laughs> we already had another ambush. And then they'd get up and move to the next table. So you might as well just come peaceably. You all go to that? Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was born in revival. I don't get it. Amen. We were born in the fire, Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. We were having a move of God. And it dawned on me, Pastor, we were surrounded by all these people, Japanese people, but they weren't in the church. I said, God, this ain't right. It's not right. And I love our military men and women that we hear the gospel over and over. But there are some folks in Japan have never heard of Jesus. And so I pray. I said, God, would you send somebody to reach the Japanese? Now, that was a mistake. Be careful what you pray. Because I really meant somebody else. I said, Lord, I just want to remind you, I'm not Japanese. And I want to remind you, in Montana, we don't eat our bait. We cook our fish. I don't eat that junk. And the only Japanese word I knew was Kawasaki, Mitsubishi, and Toyota. And you ain't going to preach a, preach a Kawasaki gospel. I said, Lord, you got the wrong person. 
You can argue with Jesus all you want. You will lose. You will lose. And finally, I had to surrender. I said, Lord, Lord, help me. See, when God calls us, he does not call us to fail if we're totally dependent upon him. Amen. So that church, that military church under a missionary taught us a few things. He taught us to pray. He taught us to love souls. And he taught us to give to mission. Out of that military church that just had their 40-year anniversary last year, 73 preachers came out of that church and five missionaries and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars pumped through that. And it was a missionary church to reach the world. Missions. God will see a church that has a passion, a burden for not just Jerusalem, but all Judea and the rest of the world. So the church, the Japanese church in Okinawa was birthed in a prayer meeting. Japanese would come. We couldn't even speak Japanese. We were doing our best to sing some of our songs. Amen. We would sing it by faith. We didn't even know what we were singing. I guess it sounded Japanese. Konohiwa, konohiwa. You know. And but there was such an anointing of prayer in that place. The same anointing I felt during the worship here this evening that God would fill them with the Holy Ghost. The power of God would come upon them and would convict them of their sins and they would be weeping and crying under the anointing and the presence and the power without our ability to even speak the language. Don't underestimate the anointing of the Holy Ghost and the influence of God's Spirit on hungry souls. The church was birthed, the Japanese church. And now out of that work, 20 daughter works were planted in several Bible schools. And that's how the Japanese church was birthed. See, I, I didn't even want to be a preacher. Preachers don't make any money. I said, Lord, I'm going to be a doctor and I'll give. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then one day the Lord said, son, medicine is not the answer. Two aspirins and a Band-Aid can't fix broken hearts, can't help little children or put families together. Only I can. When God showed me that, I put away my medical books. This is the book I've been studying right here. I'm telling you, I haven't seen it all, but I'm going to keep preaching it all. Hallelujah. Blind eyes open, deaf ears. Amen. I'm going to just preach the truth. God, you said it in your book, I believe it in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to preach down to my level of experience. I'm going to preach the whole truth, so help me God. The word of God works. I said the word of God works. Stand with me tonight. Our vision is simple. God's put in our heart to see 50 Bible schools we started six, and my, my desire is to see 10 schools, and the Lord said, son, your faith is too small. We want to see a school for every province in Japan and to raise up a mighty army. I want to see 1,000 students raise up that before they graduate, two by two, they would plant 500 churches all over Japan. We already give 20% of all of our money in Japan to the cause of missions. We already pray, but we're saying, God, send some Japanese preachers and Japanese missionaries out of Japan. We may have to send them back to America. Five deputations. I have yet to see a Vietnamese church or a Japanese apostolic church in America. We have an opportunity. Jesus Christ is coming back soon. If he can use a donkey... 
if he can use a son of a prostitute. He's just looking for a vessel that realized without him, we can do nothing. And in this hour, God is raising up sons and daughters. I'm asking the Lord for a thousand intercessors that will partner with us to see a mighty tsunami of the Holy Ghost in Japan, in Vietnam, and Cambodia. We've got two nations with over a billion souls. India has 1.3 billion. China, 1.44 billion people. Surely God loves the Chinese. God loves the Indians. You see, the vision is clear, folks. The throne and one on that throne. But you got to take a look at what's going on around that throne. People from every kindred, every tribe, every tongue, every nation. I've got to believe there's going to be some Asian people there. If the Lord has spoken to you tonight and you're wondering, can God use me? Don't aim for the pulpit. Don't get a ministry from this platform. Start in the prayer room. Get a burden for souls. Get a burden to know Jesus. Get a burden to make him known. They want to see Jesus. Amen. I'm asking you right now, would you come and pray, sir, ma'am? If God is speaking, would you come and present your body a living sacrifice, holy Holy, holy, acceptable. This is reasonable what God is asking us in the last days. Would you come and present your life? And would you say, Lord, I give it all again. I surrender. I give it to you, Jesus. Come on, young men. Come on, young women. Our missionaries are getting older. They're getting tired. Where are the young men? Where are the young ladies? Where are the young men that will go and say, I'll go. I won't stay in that stupid video game room, but I'll go and give my life for a cause that is great. Nations are going to bow down. People, it's harvest time. It's Asia's time. It's Japan. It's Vietnam. And yes, even in Missouri, in O'Fallon, in St. Louis, God wants to manifest.